Hello, Door Creek Church. Welcome to our online service. So we're going to be continuing our series here on habits. Yes, habits. These are routines, invisible routines that shape our lives. And so this has been a wonderful series as we have been studying the word of God through the book of James. So yeah, James is teaching us and giving us some great principles to live by as believers in Christ. And understanding that this James, that the author of this book, is James, the, the brother of Jesus. Um, and so we understand that he had some insight. Um, he had some knowledge and some wisdom that he is sharing through the moving and the gifting of the Holy Spirit so that we could be the church and we can be the believers that God wants us to be. So we continue that and our week three theme is let the Bible read you. Let the Bible read you. So we're going to be coming from James chapter one, verses 19 through 27. And my sermon title is Practical Principles for Christian Living. James is going to give us some practical principles that we should use every day as we are following Jesus Christ, as we are growing as disciples of Jesus Christ and showing forth his example or an example of what a believer should be. So let's dive into the scripture. Our sermon goal today, um, just so you know where we're going with this, is the goal of today's sermon is to learn how to integrate practical principles into our daily lives in order to become creatures of habit. Yes, creatures of habit as it relates to our devotion and our development to Christ. All right. So we're going to integrate these practical principles. This is what James is teaching us. All right. He's going to teach us that it's not enough just to hear these principles, but we've got to do something with these principles. OK, so let's let's read here on verses 19 through 21 is our first portion here. My dear brothers and sisters, this is believers talking to the believers. Take note or remember this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak and slow to become angry because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Therefore, get rid of all moral filth. And the evil that is so prevalent or widespread or evident ever with us and humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you. Oh, this is good. James opens it up with some real great um, principles here. Now he's talking. He, he wants you to understand who he's talking to. He's not speaking to the unbelievers. He is speaking to the believers. He addresses it brothers and sisters. So. Even though the word he's, he's speaking to um, to the church and to brothers and sisters. But I know that through this, even you who are not believers can find some hope in the word of God. So brothers and sisters, he says, everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak and slow to become angry. This is James breaking down what it means to be a follower of Jesus Christ and to show an example of what believers are and what believers should be and demonstrate. He is letting us know that even though we are surrounded by so much in this world, we, we, we go through so much in this world. We're up and we're down. We're in and we're out. He says we've got to practice principles so that we can stay in the will of God. He starts it 
God given us the first principle, quick to listen. Now, these principles that he gives us are so against our human nature. (laughs) They are so against what my flesh would tell me to do. Quick to listen. Oh, mm, no, 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 no. Listen, I don't even want to hear it. You know, my flesh is this. I don't even want to hear. But we've got to be quick to listen. Meaning, why don't you listen more than you talk? Why don't you do more listening than you do talking? You see, the flesh in us wants to respond, wants to respond immediately. And sometimes we don't hear what people are saying. So quick to listen, meaning that we should talk to people. We should get advice. We should be in the in in the company of many counselors and advisors. We should want to hear what people are saying to us. We should be quick to listen, slow to speak. Ah. Think, hear it, get it in you, but think before you say something. Oh, isn't that against our flesh? Our flesh, we don't want, we, listen, we want to say the first thing that comes to my mind, boom, and we regret it later. But slow to speak doesn't mean I don't like, you know what I mean? Not slow speaking, but slow to speak, to say anything that you might regret later. See, this is how the Holy Spirit helps us. If we always consult and rely on the Holy Spirit, he can help us. He will help us tame our tongue. He will help us tame our thoughts. So quick to listen. Hear it. Hear it. Be ready to listen. Want to listen. Want to hear it. Be slow to speak because the speaking is the response. You hear something and then you want to respond right away. Slow to speak. Think about it. Let it sit there for a minute. Let it sit there for a minute. Then he goes, slow to become angry. It's interesting that the quick stuff he wants us to do is involves us really not physically doing anything or or retaliating or reacting. You know, it's quick to listen, but slow to speak and slow to be angry. Doesn't mean that I'm not going to be angry. Doesn't mean that I might reach that anger point. You know, yeah, he said, but being slow to anger. And really, James is telling us, telling us, listen, don't have such a bad temper. Don't don't be so uptight. Uh, 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 learn to look beyond the faults. Learn to listen. Learn to see the good in people. Yeah, you might feel you want the last word and you've got to have the last word. And you might you might be the kind of person that has a sharp tongue. But let me tell you, Jesus wants us to tame. He wants us to use our words and let our words be seasoned. Let our words be seasoned. He tells us that our words should be few, you know, yay and nay. Let our words be few. So slow to speak. And when you are quick to listen, slow to speak and slow to become angry, that means you are there are check boxes going on in your mind. There are check boxes going on in your heart, in your spirit. You should you, you, you're saying, should I say that? No, I shouldn't say that. Should I react this way? No, I shouldn't react this way because that's not the way the Holy Spirit would want me to react. There are check boxes that you, you you're checking out. And this is what James wants us to do. He doesn't want us to run buck wild. He wants us to be prayerful. He wants us to be careful. He wants us to to move in God's spirit gracefully so that we can be and become what God wants us to be. 
He goes on. He says, because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Ah, listen to that. Mm, it does not produce it. Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent and humbly accept the word that's planted in you, which can save you. The word which can save you. Now, does the word save us? Yes, the word does. We are saved because of grace through faith. And that is because of the word of God. When we hear the word, we are saved when we react to it and we ask Christ into our lives. Right. So he's telling us human anger versus the word of God in us. Human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires, what God desires, what God requires, what God wants, what God um, um, requires for how us for us to live by. Human anger does not bring us to that point. Human anger takes us away from God. Human anger produces a, 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 a pride and a, 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 a sense of independence from God. Human anger wants to, wants to strap revenge. Oh, yes. Yeah, human anger. It doesn't produce what God's character is all about. Because human anger is all about human. It doesn't produce. It doesn't bring forth. It doesn't give off what God desires. So get rid of all moral filth. And the evil that is widespread or prevalent, the evil that's prevalent and humbly accept. James says humbly accept. When we humbly accept something, when we humbly accept what he's saying here, the word that's planted in you because we're believers. And if we're believers, that means the word is in us. The word has been planted in us. So James is saying humbly accept it, which means to accept the word, you've got to reject your own agenda. To accept the word humbly in us means you've got to reject what the flesh wants to do. Amen. You've got to humbly meaning God, you know better than me. You are in control. You are the head of this life. You, God. And when we allow ourselves to accept God's word, to humbly give ourselves to his word that's planted in us, then we can be saved by the word that's in us. Now, saved meaning, um, saved meaning we receive salvation, but also we can be saved, look, the which, which can save you. It can also save you from some embarrassing moments. It can also save you from some bad predicaments, not just save you from hell, but it can save you from looking silly. It can save you from messing up a bad relationship. It can save you from losing your job. The word of God planted in us because when we want to talk, the word of God may say, hold your peace. When we want to get angry, the word of God, it says rejoice in the Lord. So the word of God that is humbly planted in us will, can, will save us. James goes on, verse 22, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Okay. Got a whole lot of listeners. 
Got a whole lot of people that listen, that hear the word, that say, oh, that was good. Oh, amen. Ooh, say that again. Yes, ooh, that's some word. Don't just listen to the word, but do what it says. Finish it out. Don't just say amen, but live it. Go out and demonstrate and live out the word of God. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. <laughs> I've done that many times. Haven't you? You go and you, you're fixing your hair, you're fixing your shirt, you're fixing your tie, you're fixing your coat and you know all that and say, oh, I think I look pretty good. You walk away a few minutes later and say, oh, let me look again because, you know, I forgot what I looked like, you know, I forgot how everything looked. Yes, it's the same way when you just listen to the word of God, it's like going and looking in the mirror and look, a mirror only gives you what's on the external. You can only see what's in front. You can't see the back. It only gives you what's in front of you externally. That's when you just listen to the word of God. It lets you see what is on the outside. But it says whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it. So not just look on it intently, but continue. That means I'm not going to stop here. I'm going to continue to look intently into the perfect law that gives me freedom. Freedom means I'm no longer bound. Okay? Not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it. They will be blessed in what they do. So the word of God, the law of freedom, doesn't just give us an external look. It gives us an internal look, meaning it checks out my attitude. It checks out your thoughts. It checks out your temper. It checks out those, uh, um, those things that, that you, no one else can see. It, it checks it out. So it's looking internally, the word of God. Uh, yeah, that's why he says God doesn't look at the outside. He looks at the inside. So when we intently, meaning intentionally, and that we, we do it with fervency, when we look in the perfect law that brings freedom, then we will be blessed Woo! in everything that we do. You are blessed when you look intently into the word of God, intently into the law, the perfect law that brings freedom. Not just a glance, not just to walk by and say, "Ooh, that was a nice glance. But look intently. Lord, how is my attitude? Lord, how am I treating people? How how am I how am I forgiving people? How am I loving? Am I too angry? Am I angry real quick, God? Am I holding things against people? Do I have a bad attitude? This is what the law of freedom, the perfect law of freedom makes no mistakes. It frees us from the bondage of sin and the bondage of our flesh. Look intently into the word and continue in it. Don't forget what you've heard, but do it. Do it. My parents, my parents often would tell me, do what I say. Do what I say. And you say, I will do what you say. And you go out and if you don't do it, you're going to pay the price for it. You know, don't say, oh, I hear you, mama. I hear you, dad. But do it. Do it. Sometimes it's better not to acknowledge that you heard it. But if you do it, you're all right. Do what it says. Be obedient to the word of 
God. He goes on finishing this portion. He says, those who consider themselves religious and yet do not keep a tight rein on their tongues deceive themselves. Okay? Now, James mentions deceiving yourself twice in these portions of Scripture um, in verse 22 and here in verse 26. To deceive yourself is to believe something that is not true. It's to tell yourself something that is not of a truth. It's to pacify yourself or to comfort yourself falsely on something that is not true. So you deceive yourself when you, you think you're this, but you're not. So he says you deceive yourselves and, your, and their religion is worthless. Okay? That's self-explanatory. Religion is worthless. Now you might be thinking, well, living for Christ is not about religion. Christ didn't call us into religion. That's true. Religion is, 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 a, is a belief in a system, and, and we have faith in Christ, meaning we are not just about religion. We're about relationship. We have a relationship with Christ. We worship him through our relationship, not through our religion. Because when we worship him through our religion, then we are looking more on the human things than that becomes worthless to God. But when we worship him based on relationship, that means we are going to we are going to be quick to listen. We are going to be slow to speak and we are going to be slow to become angry because we are in relationship with God, not religion with God, with Jesus Christ. All right. So don't deceive yourself. Your religion is it's worthless. Okay, religion that God, our father, accepts as pure and faultless is this. Here he goes to look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world, by the world. That God, the religion that God, our father, accepts as pure and faultless, meaning it's not worthless, it's, it's faultless, is this to look after orphans. To visit the widows, to take care of the downtrodden, to love those who have been cast aside. These are habits that we should have. We should be integrating in our lives every day. There will always be someone who's in need. There will always be someone who needs to be picked up, who needs to be lifted up, who needs to be embraced, who needs to be loved, who needs to be encouraged. And when we have a relationship, not uh, 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 not based on a religion, but when we have a relationship and, and that is the religion that, that God requires, the relationship, then we will see after the orphans. We will see after the widows. We will visit the sick. We will pray for those. We will embrace them who are lonely. This is what God desires of us. James breaks it down. This is how we should live. These are practical things. These are not things that are unattainable. These are not things that are special or extra credit. These are practical principles for our living as believers in Jesus Christ. So let's review. Let's review what, um, um, of, of what, we, what we read here and what we've heard. Okay? So the principles. Be quick to listen. Doesn't mean you're going to always do what someone says. 
But it's always good to get the advice of counselors. It's always good to hear what other people say. Be quick to listen. Hear the whole story before you offer your opinion. Principle two, be slow to speak. Doesn't mean you're not going to say anything. You're, just going, you're thinking about it. You're, you're marinating. You're pondering how you will say this. Have you ever said to someone now, hmm, how can I say this? How can I say this? You know, or uh, I don't mean to offend you. Uh, or I hope this, uh, you know, you stop because you want to be so careful by what you say. So when you're slow to speak, you're getting your thoughts together so that you can say the right things and the things that are pleasing to God. The person might not like it, but it's pleasing to God because you're speaking out of love. OK, think before you speak. Better yet, pray before you speak. Principle three. Slow to become angry. It doesn't mean you won't become angry. Just it's taking you a while to get there. You're not angry so quick. You're not blowing off the top so quick. Your, your, your temper is not so, is like a flash. You know, you're slow to become angry. Meaning, have you, have you ever told someone, man, you better stop because I'm, I'm starting to get angry. I'm starting to get angry. Yeah, you want them. Listen, I'm not angry yet. And I'm getting there. All right. You might reach it. You might get to the point of being angry. But the word tells us, be angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath. All right. So he gives us permission. But he just says, be slow to become angry. He gives us an out. You don't don't feel so bad because you're you're angry because you got there, you know, because we're human and, and, and we will. But he said, be slow. Slow. Not to be in a hurry to be angry. Just be slow to anger. Okay? Be slow. And then <laughs> principle four. Don't just listen to the word. Do what it says. Okay? Review it again. Don't just listen. Do what it says. Don't <laughs> listen. Don't just be word fat. Be word fit. Okay? Uh, word fat is that, ooh, I'm, I'm, I'm hearing so much word. I'm just getting word. I'm getting word and getting word. But you, you're not doing anything with it. You're just becoming word fat. But word fit is to use the word that you have been given, the word that you have received, the word that you have ingested. Use it. Be fit. Be word fit, not word fat. The fifth principle, keep a tight rein on your tongue. Watch your mouth, basically. Keep a tight rein on your tongue. You can't go blabbing and just saying this and saying that and saying, you know, keep a rein on your tongue. Now, we know that the Holy Spirit is the only one that can help us tame our tongue. We can't do it as humans. The Bible, you know, James, you know, it, it, it tells us about the tongue and, and it, it's a small thing, but it is mighty. It's mighty. It has a venomous uh, a, a touch to it. it. It's mighty. It can destroy people. It can destroy. So keep a tight rein on your tongue. So he talks about human anger. What does human anger produce? What does anger? Why does he want us not to have human anger or to let human anger take control? What does it produce? Human anger produces pride selfishness, disobedience, and moral 
spilt. The word of God, Psalm 37, 8 says, refrain from anger and forsake wrath. Fret not yourself. It tends only to evil. Right. So refrain from anger. That, that's God's desire is that we don't get angry at all, but we are human and we get there and we do become angry. But if we don't allow the Holy Spirit to, to take control of us and to come in and begin to, to, to help us overcome it, then it will tend to evil. It will lead us to evil. Moral filth. What is moral filth? It's corrupt communication. It's defiled thoughts and it's abominable behavior. Ephesians 5, 3 says, but among you, there must not be even a hint of sexual immorality or of any kind of impurity or of greed, because these are improper for God's holy people. That's Paul's letter to the church at Ephesus. James is, is sharing the principles. And Paul also tells us sexual immorality, things that are impure, these are not desirable. These are not what God desires as his holy people. We've got to get rid of them. It goes on. What is the righteousness? He talks about the righteousness that God desires. What is the righteousness that God requires? Justice, mercy, humility, obedience, equity, decency, goodness, we can, and I can name a whole lot more. But Micah 6, 8 says, he has shown you, O mortal, what is good and what does the Lord require of you or desire of you to act justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. This is what God desires as his people, as his followers, as his disciples, as his examples, as his light to the world, he desires us to be just. He desires us to be merciful. He desires us to be loving and kind and decent because this represents who God's character is. So as we put these principles into our lives, as we deposit these, as we let these things live out in our lives, not just hearing them, not just letting them come in, but let them do the work in us that they were intended to. Because God's word is powerful. God's word is healing. God's word is delivering and his word will not return to him void. So let the word of God humbly that's planted in you let it lead you, let it guide you, let it develop you, let it love you and let it use you because the word is powerful and the devil cannot defeat God's word. Hallelujah. Amen. So practice these principles and live them out every single day. Amen. God bless you. Thank you so much for joining us for this habit for um, um, holy and um, wholesome habits in our lives, invisible routines that shape us here. James gave us, he gave us some principles that will shape us into being what God wants us to be. Let's be in shape and let's do the will and the work of God. Amen. So if you're out there today and you don't know Jesus Christ as your savior, you have not asked him to come into your heart. You don't have a relationship with him. 
Maybe you have a religion. Maybe you, 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 know, you religiously go to church, but you don't have a relationship with Jesus. I invite you today to accept him into your heart and get in a relationship with Jesus. I want to say this prayer and ask you to repeat it after me, you know, because the word of God lets us know that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. He lets us know that the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. And I love Romans 5, 80 says, but God demonstrated his love toward us while we were yet sinners. Christ died for us. And then my favorite of all, Romans 10, 13, whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. That could be you today. Will you pray this prayer? Repeat after me. Dear Lord, I confess that I'm a sinner. Forgive me for all my sins. Jesus Christ is the son of God. He died for my sins. He rose for my life. Today, by grace, through faith, I am saved in Jesus' name. Amen. If you prayed that prayer for the first time or maybe you prayed it again, we'd love to hear from you. Let us know here at Door Creek Church if you have become a follower of Jesus Christ. The Bible says that when one sinner repents and turns, that there's joy amongst the angels. God bless you. Thank you so much for joining us for our online service. God bless.